It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. FlowTrack Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to write in, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or on our website, flowtrack.org slash Podcast. Today, on Wednesday, we are going to unveil the official FlowTrack NCAA indoor rankings. Gordon, all of your hard work will now be seen by the public. How are you feeling? I'm nervous. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, the rankings that we reveal on this podcast will be slightly different from the ones on the site because our rankings do not involve the relay projections, which is actually the hardest thing to project because you have no idea who is going to try to run a fast DMR. You have no idea who has a really good third leg in the 4x4. All these things... You just don't know. So you try to go off of history of the programs, you know, mm-hmm. what they normally do. You see who has a really good anchor, and then you go from there. Um, but every time I make rankings, I always try to, like, do relays last because that's the most volatile one. Um, regardless, I mean, the rankings that I put out today, they're all going to be wrong in March. Let's just be honest. <laughs> but – that's how all rankings are, right? I mean, Duke yeah. basketball was like a top five team preseason. And now they're not even in the top 25, mm. which is crazy, mm. man. Duke basketball, they just lost to Pittsburgh. They're oh, wow. five and four. Duke basketball, five and four. And Mike Krzyzewski was right. But this year either, right? Yeah, Kentucky, yeah, Blue Bloods. North Carolina sucks. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski of Duke was like, we shouldn't even be playing a season. I think he... He wasn't talking about COVID. He was like, I don't think I ain't going to be here no more because he knew the team wasn't good. So he was like, let's get out of this before the season ends. What what happened? Did they just have a lot of guys not pan out that they thought they were going to – they could depend on? I guess. I mean, maybe it's harder to, like, rally. You're a Duke basketball fan. Explain. Yeah, man, you're not supposed to make that public, man. Dude, you're supposed to keep that secret. People can't know that. It's my one <laughs> – it's my one shameful, like, <laughs> secret. 
that I don't tell people. I don't tweet about it. I don't. I only mm. know. I only tell like four people in like private text messages. I'm sorry because I just don't want people to know that I. Yeah, it's out there now. Uh, Nobody's listening. Hey, blame blame my parents and my brother for telling me hey, this team is fun like them. They're, and then Carlos yeah, Boozer good. and Elton Brand were like the cool things to like. So I was like, all right, sure. Anyway, I do. Where are we get into yeah, the rankings? They're gonna, be, they're gonna be they're gonna be wild. Yeah. No, there's a there's a couple events in here that are really unpredictable. And we'll zoom in on those when we get to it. But there's some interesting side stories going on here of programs that could completely dominate some events, some programs you would think would be really good in events who may not be there at all. So it'll be a fun deep dive. And then, of course, after you're going to be posting the rankings on, on the site, but we'll reveal them first here on the pod. Before we do that, though, a little bit of history yesterday, Gordon, Nick Willis ran 358.63 for the mile in Florida, which means he's broken four minutes in the mile 19 years in a row dating back to 2003. I remember when we had him on the pod last year, he said that was one of the things he was targeting was to break John Walker, his fellow New Zealanders record, who did it 18 years in a row. But Willis has now done it 19 19 years in a row with at least one sub four. I'm just, I just like, one thing I was like, ooh, he got that sub four in last year at the right time, right? Because, you know, he did it, what, in like January at like an indoor meet. So I was like, ooh, I was like, how did he find sub four last year? There was no meets. And then I looked and I was like, oh, he was thinking ahead. Maybe he was like, I got to get in early or else my, yeah. my streak will come to an end. I, it's very impressive. It's a very Cal Ripken-esque type streak, you know, very like consecutive starts, like Brett Favre-esque. It is. Would you say it's a top ten achievement in the 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 sport of distance running? Would say number it's one hard. is breaking two hours in the marathon. Say that's number yeah, one. Yeah, right. yeah, it, it's, it's, it, yeah. It's not that, but just the, the longevity that it requires it, and not getting injured for all those years because sub four is, is a good time. It's not going to win you any medals, but it means that you've been a relevant mid-distance runner for, for nearly 20 years now. It's hard to think a lot of people will do this or be able to extend it even more than this he's he's i think he's hitting up against the limits of of human performance i went back and looked here's some other things gordon that happened in 2003 just to give us some perspective a guy by the name of lebron james drafted in the nba draft wow. usain bolt usain bolt ran 20.13 broke the u20 world record in the 200 so bolt's pr was north of 20 seconds during this time <laughs> The men's marathon world record was lowered in 2003. It was lowered to 204.55. That's how long ago it was. Allison Felix, well, when Nick Willis broke the four-minute barrier in February of 2003, Allison Felix hadn't made a world team yet. She went on to make it in 2003 and pretty much make every single one uh, since then. Number one song on the Billboard album charts, do you know what it was? 
2003. Um, no. Oh. Was it in sync? No, it's too late. What was too it? late. In the club, 50 Cent. In the 50 club, Cent 50 had Cent. His number one hit. Number one movie? You got to guess on number one movie? Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings? Return of the King was number one. Oh, I, that that counts as I didn't know the, which one. I just the fact that I knew that Lord of the Rings. Hey, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Remember, Matrix was 2003. Up there. Where was I? I was. Uh, I was. Man, I was in you high just, school. I was probably. You're only yeah, twenty five like years old. <laughs> yeah, I was only twenty five years old. Man, yeah, this is wild, man. Thinking about this, nineteen straight years, and. What? How do you do this? I'm just like stunned, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and if you look at it from the perspective of this year, remember he was basically saying last year he was no longer a – he was going to become an amateur runner, right? He took the job with, with Tracksmith. But if you're running 358 in January, you can have a pretty good season because I'm guessing he did not peak for this, this race indoors. So there's something still in the tank there for – for Nick Willis. I know this was a priority and he wanted to, to, to get this record and he found the right spot to do it. But I, anytime you're running that quick, that early, it could be a good sign for what he can do this year. Well, now he definitely has to do one more, right? Because 19 straight years, it's a, that's a, yeah. yeah, you got to go to 20, right? You got to have the – and then once you get to 20, you're like, let's get to 25, right? Because then it's a quarter century. Like he still needs to do no. the six more years in my book. <laughs> no, you got to at be, least get to – 21 you want it to be able to drink alcohol legally Ooh, that's what you yeah. want so at least at least get 20, it to 21 and then 25 you can run a car out. exactly you want to be able to take your streak out in an avis rent a car and say hey and then you drive and then how wait then what does he need to become president what 35 35 35 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little far yeah. away from well, that. His, his streak was able to vote in the 2020 election because it was 18 last <laughs> year. So it was able to vote in 2020. But yeah, the next uh, the next milestone, I think you got to get to 21. Congrats to Nick Willis. This is a cool this is a cool record, and it fits his it fits his persona, and it is very uh, indicative of his whole career, wouldn't you say? Like it's appropriate that he has this record because he's a guy you think about always being in the mix. Yeah. One thing I thought, I was like, hey, one thing this streak doesn't have, it only mm. spans across three administrations and not four. So. Okay. That's he, a good one, too. That's, right? Because he did it January 19th <laughs> instead of January 20th after 12 p.m. He should have waited uh, two days. Should have waited two days, right? Because <laughs> then he could be like, hey, four presidents. But no, it's only three. So. Yeah, you can't you can't win them all. You can't win them all. I, I'm just like one thing about it is like it's a mile too, right? And yeah, the number of mile opportunities once indoor is over are not mm -hmm. as big, right? And you have to think like there probably were times when he had like a, a struggling indoor season where then it's like, hey, it's gonna be a lot harder to get a good mile race because I mean, I guess maybe yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just say you get it, you got, say you like take indoor off and you're like, all right, I I have to take indoor off. I'll come back for outdoor. You're not guaranteed to 
have a sub four outdoor mile anytime, you know? That's yeah, you got pre, you got pre, you got the Dream Mile in Oslo. Stockholm does one. London does one. But that's those are the mainstays on the circuit. You can find other ones here and there, but you're right. It's not not as common as a fifteen hundred, which just adds adds a little bit of credibility to this uh, to this incredible streak, I think. Okay, so here's one thing. I got to say it. Mm. It's the elephant in the room, though, right? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. How many years so, did he break the equivalent for 1,500? Don't say that. That's not fun. Yeah. But like, so the equivalent is a 342, 1,500. Do you think someone yeah. has run 342 or faster more than 19 years in a row? No, I, I don't think so. That's a, 19 years is a long time. Again, In the Club was the number one song. <laughs> 50 Cent, man. The The marathon world record was 204.55. You know how many people roll out of their beds now and run 204.55 at every marathon? That's a long time ago. I don't think anybody has. Correct. Write in if we're wrong. I, I mean, you'd think someone like um, I mean, Legat, who's been around for a long time, but hasn't he hasn't run a 1500 in a good long while. I don't think he was on the track for ni 19 years, Gordon. 19 years. It just graduated high school. That's that's a – I mean, career. how many careers in general span 19 years? And then you can't have a single bad – you can't have a single off season. Like you can't have a single time, like you said, when you are hurt or you miss a bunch of opportunities and don't get at least one. I, I think this is pretty rare. So he uh, in the race he um, he got second in the race. So he did this race in Claremont, Florida, and mm -hmm. he got second in it. Mm -hmm. He lost to uh, Mason Furlick, and Mason mm -hmm. Furlick would have been ten years old when uh, yeah. Nick Will started the streak. So when he started a streak, there was a ten-year-old out there that's like gonna be. <laughs> the one that beats him 19 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember Mike Rogers' sub-10, 100 streak. Now, sub-10 in the 100, obviously better equivalent performance than sub-4 in the in the mile. But if you count the wind-aided times, which whatever, you go back to 09 with him. And then that streak finally got where he was 10 or faster. And then 2020 was the first time he didn't get it. So 09, he was 994, uh, then 999, 10 flat, 985, 994, 990, 980, 991, 986, 997, 998, 10 flat in 2017, 989, 997. And then last year, he ran 10.12. That's an impressive... Ooh. That's an impressive run there, too. All right. Now, the, the main question here is, who's the next one that could break this? I mean, is it Inga Britson? He's already got a good streak. Well, does he even have a streak? Let's see. Does, does Jakob Inga Because you're right. The mile isn't run that often. Let's see. Mile progression here. Yes. So he has 17, 18, 19, but did he do it? He didn't even do it in 20. Really? There you go. <laughs> so he's starting from scratch. 
So he's starting from he's, scratch. He'd have to start at the the age of twenty one, or twenty, I guess, this year. Yeah, it's you. You you make a good point with the opportunities. Yeah, yeah. The the time a three fifty nine, three fifty eight doesn't is not going to equivalently win you any gold medals being in that sort of shape. But when you only get a few times uh, chances to run it every single year, it it ups the degree of of difficulty. That's wild, Pretty yeah. Stuff. That Jakob, I mean, how old is he now? He's about twenty. Yeah, so it's gonna be hard for him to do it 20. because, yeah, he would have had. I mean, how old was he when he broke first broke four? He would have been three years. Seven. Been seventeen. So, yeah. So yeah. it would have been about the same as Nick Willis, right? It would have been the same time time zone. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I don't think it doesn't happen in our lifetime. What do you think? Centro had one going back to 2010, but then didn't get one in 2020. A lot of people had streaks. Oh, no, wait. No, he did. Excuse me. He did. Boston, he ran a 357.93. So Centro could – let's see. How many years in a row does Centro have? Yeah, so 10 – 2010 to 2020. So one, two, three, four, six. Um Oh, no, wait. No, there's a 2011 that he missed there. I'd have to go back and match up the indoors and the outdoors. But, okay, so say say Centro did – let's just say, for example, Centro did get one in. He has a streak dating back to 2010. I mean, you talk about him going all the way to 2039. <laughs> or, sorry, 20, 2029. 2029. Excuse me. Like, Centro – Yeah, think he would have be... to be doing at age 40. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I don't think is gonna is gonna happen. Um, yeah, so 20, 2011, he never broke it. So you'd have to go to uh, twenty twelve to get the the reset there. You're right. So he'd have to be well into his forties. Most people would have to be well into their forties to get this. And you know what the probably is the next uh, thing. It's not even about the streak. Can mm-hmm. he become the oldest person to break four in the mile? Oh. So, Iman Coughlin of Ireland yeah. broke four in the mile at age 41. So, that might be record? his next, like, that's the record. I'm, I'm assuming that's the record. We would have. So, Nick Willis is what? 37. Oh, the, so. He's, he, yeah. So, he could, he could, more he years? could get to maybe, dude, let's get to that 25 century mark. And then cap mm-hmm. it off with being the oldest ever break four in the mile. We'll, we'll walk out, you know, a, a walking stick, a gurney, whatever for him. We'll have like ID for him at the end. We'll be playing, you know, black and white TV shows, cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll be playing. We'll playing in the club on a record. In the club. Yes. Out. Ooh, maybe we get Fifty Cent to be there, and he would do we'll it. Have he would probably do J.K. it. J.K. Rowling to be like, hey, not J.K. Rowling. Uh, that's uh, told, told Peter Jackson. Yeah, uh, Peter Jackson. Uh, you get a, yeah, yeah. He could direct it. That'd be awesome. Uh, all right, he's from New Zealand, so hey, it would work. Oh, that. <laughs> hey, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even put that two and two together. Hiking the trail to Mordor. Okay, let's get yeah. to rankings. I don't. I don't want to run out of time because people probably want to hear <laughs> your rankings. Men or women? Where do you want to start? Start with men. Let's start with the or men. Start okay. Women. Start. Do you want to do you want to count down ten to one? Do you want to go one to ten? Do you want to talk about events first? 
Uh, let's just talk about events. Let's just maybe okay. we'll pick a few events. That, what? So you start. I get. I send them to you. What were a couple events that you thought were kind of interesting? Ooh, okay. I thought were the like... well, the three k and the five k are interesting because you have the cross country dynamic. You also have the DMR dynamic, which you said you're not factoring in there. But you have NAU obviously garnering a lot of points there uh, between Grahalva, Abdiamid Nur. Nico Young, Ryan Raff, and Blaze Farrow. You're counting on a lot of them to score. You don't have much Arkansas in there, which was interesting to me. Yeah, that looking back on it, Amon Kemboy is probably one person who will eventually sneak into the top eight for the 5K or the 3K. Um, he just ran a fast uh, 1K. He ran like a 223. So Ken Boy, for those who don't know, ran at Campbell. He's like a 1330 guy and redshirted uh, last year with Arkansas. He's going to be their top dog. Um, yeah, I just – this is one of these things. So when I did these rankings, man, like it, I didn't want to really involve 2019. Like I was kind of like mm -hmm. as tempting as it is to involve 2019, you got to kind of let it go because it's 2021. And you have no idea the fitness of someone who's at their peak in 2019 is going to be there in 2021 unless they're Nick Willis, right? So mm -hmm. I just I just felt like I had to only go off of 2020. So my basically my hand my uh what's the word uh for basically I I know that these rankings are going to change dramatically when people who haven't been around for a few years come up out of the woodwork, like an Amon Camboy mm -hmm. or a fast sprinter, like Kashawn James of Florida state ran a fast 60 after not running fast 60 for two plus years. So there it's going to change, but I think the framework is pretty much solid. Yeah. Arkansas not being in the, in the five K three K. I think they probably will, but Hey, mm -hmm. preseason, not yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll throw them in there once they throw down a fast mark later on this year. The big guns from LSU jumped out at me because I remember them being big point scorers in in that 2020 meet that didn't happen. So in the hurdles, Eric Edwards and Damian Thomas, Terrence Laird in the 200. Uh, and then, of course, you got Juvon Harrison trying to get that high jump, uh, long jump double. So those events all kind of pop to me as, okay, well, a lot of time has passed, but it's the same people that are involved or that should be involved in those ones. Trey Cunningham yeah. of Florida State. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people who only have – a lot of uh, sprinters and field event people, they're all returning, right? If they had eligibility, mm -hmm. they came back a lot. Whereas on the distance side, the Joe Kleckers, the – Wayne Kalati's, Alicia Monson's, they all left to go pro, but on the sprint yeah. size, not many left. So therefore, it's a lot of repeat of last year, provided they had indoor eligibility. Um, yeah. So ranking those events was a little easier because it's kind of like, hey, we're kind of in the same world as we were last year. I do want for our viewers, they don't really, they're not really seeing the list while listening. Let's uh, list off of like one or two events, the order, and then let's just debate that order so let's pick one distance okay. event and one sprint event um 
So what, let's okay. do the 5K. Let's do the 5K. Okay, let's do the 5K for the men. Go ahead. Okay, so I have Luis Grijalvo first, Wesley Kiptu of Iowa State second, then Connor Mance of BYU. Then you have a run of NAU. You have Abdi Hamid Nur, Ryan Raff, Blaze Farrow, and then Morgan Beetlescombe of Michigan State, and then Casey Klinger of BYU. Notable people who are not there, Oregon's Cooper Tier. Got to assume mm-hmm. he's probably in the DMR. Um, Alex Masai of Hofstra. He ran 13.28 last year. You kind of think it's more of a flash in the pan. Um, Cole Hawker of Oregon just ran 13.32 at that track meet outdoors. Got to assume Hawker is going to be focusing on the mild and DMR stuff. And then Angie Jordan, who's a sub-13.40 guy of Washington. Uh, Jordan, I just felt like 13.39. That's kind of on the bubble of being top eight. So I put them on the outside looking in. Yeah, those are all the names that you'd think would would factor in. You have people who have run really fast recently in Grijalva, Kiptu, Mance, and then mixed in with some of those other names that you mentioned who have been good over the course of their their careers or even people like Kemboy. So I don't have too many quibbles with this. I mean, maybe that NAU pack might be a little too high. Um, instead of four, five, six, I could see them maybe you know, seven, eight, nine, something like that. But I mean, based on what Grijalva has done, it's hard to make an argument that he's not the favorite. And then Kiptu, in the limited races that we've seen him, has been as about as good as you could expect. So the the second spot, you know, you you wouldn't want to put him any lower. And then Mance just ran a really good time uh, at altitude in the three thousand. So. I think it's a three-person race between those three. So people could argue about the order of those top three, but I think you have the top three in that right tier. Yeah, and again, Cooper, speaking of tier, Cooper tier would be up there too, but you got to just sure, assume sure. that yeah. Cooper is going to do an anchor of the DMR and then go on and do the 3K the following day. So yeah, um, that's And then, like you said, I know we talked about a little bit a few minutes ago, but Amoy Kemboy is probably going to be in this top eight. He ran 13.30, albeit in 2019. You have to – I think it was 2018 December is when he ran it. So it's been mm-hmm. a while, but he has the ability. So he should also most likely crack this top eight, maybe break up that NAU pack in the you know four, in the five, four, five, six range. So we'll see. All right. Let's – for the sprint event, do you want to do the 200 or the 400? Um. What's more exciting? Let's just do them both real quick. 200. Terrence okay. Laird, Courtney Lindsay, Micaiah Harris, Langston Jackson, Matt Bowling, Demetrius Jackson, Cameron Miller, and Devontae Burnett of USC. So it's a lot of names that people probably don't know yet outside of Bowling, right? Because Bowling had his incredible high school career. Um, that's the thing about these sprinters. A lot of these sprinters... It's only, the only people who really know about them are the people who are like following NCAA college running really closely because none of these guys have like dominant NCAA type performances to their name, right? Terrence Laird, I mean, he has yet to even run in an NCAA championship. Uh, Courtney Lindsay, he's a JUCO transfer um, for Texas Tech. Makai Harris, uh, who's been running well for Texas in the 200, but has yet to be able to put it all together at a championship 
race. At, and like, you know, he was kind of in the in the shadows of uh, who was the Texas Tech guy? Divine Odaduro. Uh, yeah, Divine Odaduro. So it's going to be a moment for one of these guys to kind of have a big breakout indoor season, then go on to do well outdoors and then be one of the favorites to be top three um, at the Olympic trials, probably in the 200 because the 100 pretty much seems locked up. Uh, so, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Bowling there in, in the fifth position. Um, he's run 20.66 indoors. A lot of these guys, no one has really, really done anything too crazy. I still think Laird and Lindsay are going to be the top two. Lindsay just ran a 20.45. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. That's on the watch. Texas Tech, man, they just found ways to get these random recruits, to get random transfers, and then just reload. It's, it's wild. Texas A&M, Bryce Dead, or sorry, uh, 400. Texas A&M's Bryce Deadman is number one. Randolph Ross, North Carolina A&T, Wayne Lawrence Jr. of Iowa, Jamal Walton, Florida State, Corey Patterson, Virginia Tech, Jonathan Jones of Texas, Elijah Godwin of Georgia, and Tyler Johnson of Ohio State. It's top eight. Yeah, the big name that's not in there is Trevor Stewart, who's really good at running the 400 outdoors, but for some reason isn't able to get his big, broad shoulder body around a, a 200-meter track. He needs, he needs a wider curve. I think so. Uh, but Bryce Stedman, I think he's like a 60-year senior now. And that's what's crazy. Like He's back just for this, this one moment, um, mm. Texas A&M. It's kind of wild. Bryce Stedman... When he went to AM, he was just another one of those quarter milers who was going to be on the four by four. Maybe freshman year, he's on the B four by four. Sophomore year, he's on the A four by four, but except for nationals. And then junior year and senior year, he's now like on the A four by four. But he's never been like that, you know, Fred Curley type guy or, yeah. you know, you know, Donovan Braze or Devin Dixon, where he's like the star like 400 meter anchor. Um, and now this is his moment and he's not just going to be the best guy at Texas A&M. He's in the running to win, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. It shows, I right. mean, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I was, I want to look at the, well, cause I want to have enough time to, to <laughs> the women's side of things too. So here's what you have for the team rankings. Should I do all 10? Yeah, so these team rankings do not include the DMR and 4x4 points. Okay. Keep Got that it. in mind. Alabama, yeah. 10. You have Alabama with 21, Tennessee, 22, Texas Tech, 23, USC, 24, Oregon, 25, Georgia, 31, Texas, 32, Florida State, you're projecting to finish third with 33 points, NAU, second with 38 points, and then LSU, number one with 40 points. So really, really tight race here. Um, but you have LSU slightly ahead, not including the relays. Yes. And if you look at the potential relay teams, LSU is probably going to have a half-decent 4 by 4 NAU could have a half-decent DMR. Um, Florida State and Texas yeah. could put together a 4 by 4 but it won't be anything too crazy. Oregon's going to have a good DMR. USC will have a good four by four. Texas Tech will have a good four by four. Alabama will have a good four by four. So there might be a little bit of shuffling, but I still think that if things play out, there's not. It's gonna be hard for a team. I think only Oregon could really jump up into the top four because, say, they win the DMR, 
they go from 25 mm-hmm. points to 35, which will put them third. So Oregon can make the big jump from their from their relay points to go from six to third. But other than that, mm-hmm. these are the teams. The one team that's not in here, there's two teams not in here, but the one big team not in here, which I'm going to get a lot of shit for, is Florida. I only have them mm-hmm. getting 17 points. Um, and one thing interesting about Florida is it's definitely a rebuild year. They have a lot of guys who only have outdoor eligibility. And so Florida's going to be good outdoors because they return a lot of people with just outdoor. But, like, their their guy who I have winning, um, what's his name, in the 60, um, Raymond. Raymond Faywell. Here's the thing. I'm not sure if he's eligible to run indoors. On Florida's website, he's considered not eligible. On Florida's TFIRS page, he's considered eligible. When you try to look into it and see, like, because he came from Oral Roberts, I don't think he's run four indoor seasons yet. So I think he will be eligible. So that's why I have him winning the 60. Um, but if he's gone, then Florida's definitely in big trouble. But I don't think he's gone. Yeah, Florida. I mean, they have a bunch of guys who are like, in the seven to ten range, the question is: Can any of those guys have a breakout year and become a top three candidate, which will then vault Florida from seventeen points to being in the thirties? We just don't know mm-hmm. that yet. Okay, and the other team, the other emission is it Arkansas? I mean, North North, North Carolina A and T. Okay. That's a team that's kind of sleepery um, to do well, and then yeah, Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. Arkansas right now I have Arkansas with only four points, but like if all of a sudden one Kemboy is a real deal, he can throw in an extra 12 that puts them closer to 20 and then, you know, they get a couple here, there, and then all of a sudden they're in the top four conversation, but it's, gotcha. it's still early. So, yeah. Okay. Let's do the women. Now we'll do the team rankings first and then we'll go to individual events that stand out to us. So you have Texas Tech projected with 20 points in 10th, Texas 21, Florida State 21, Washington 24, USC 26, Arkansas 28, Georgia 37, Stanford third with 41, LSU second with 42, and Texas A&M leading the way, not including the relays, with 46, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, A&M will probably have a okay 4x4, nothing too crazy. Stanford will have a good DMR. So Stanford, if they have a great day, could get all the way up into the 50s, um, which means Stanford, on the backs of their Myler crew, could potentially win, which would be wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they have anyone else except for Mylers. They... But, uh, <laughs> Let, let's look at the, the women's indoor mile, okay? You want to talk about this we right just now? Talk about okay. this. Yeah, we got to talk about the women's indoor mile. It is – okay. Let's First of all, let's look at the women's indoor mile right now, okay? So if you look at the performance list, just based off of like one week of running, right? Yeah. Right now you look Some at it. Some say too soon look, to look at it. Too soon, right? But right now, Arkansas women have five of the top six marks. Chrissy Gears run number one, 438. Then Logan Morrison has run 439. Then Lauren Gregory has run 439. Then they have Katie Izzo at 440. And Gracie Hyde 
at 443. And you're like, well, Arkansas, man, they got five women in the top six. But if you look at it, they're all running 438 to 430, right? So it's nothing too crazy. The women's mile this year is weird. All the best milers only have outdoor eligibility except for a few. And when you look at it, Stanford, if they wanted to, they could pack pack the you know, some say pack the court. They could pack the race. And they got Julia Haymack, who's a 433 miler. They got Ella Donahue, 433 miler. They have Jessica Lawson, 435 miler. They have Chrissy uh no, they have uh Christina Aragon, four four thirty-seven. They have Jordan Oaks, four thirty-seven. That's five women all who I think could finish in the top eight because mm. there's not many other people. There's only the girl from Rhode Island, Chrissy Gear of Arkansas, and Maudie Skyring of Florida State. Like, there's no one. If they wanted to, they could Lottie, go Lottie one, Black two, three, from Rhode four, Island. five. Lottie Black Lottie from Black. Rhode Island. Sorry. That's a woman from Rhode Island, yeah. 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 They could go one, two, right. three, four, five in the mile. Because could you see a 437 Jordan Oaks beating a 436 Lottie Black? Yeah. And that would right. be the fight but for is there, is there anybody we're not thinking about, though? Whitney Orton doesn't have eligibility. Danae Rivers doesn't have eligibility. Sarah Edwards doesn't have eligibility. Uh, Susan Ajore is gone. Katie Izzo is not going to run it. She's going to run the five. Mm-hmm. Karina Viljone yeah. of Arkansas, no eligibility. Abby Goldstein goes to Harvard, so she won't be there. Anna Jewell, 437, goes to Harvard, so she won't be there. Harvard. Right, right. I mean, you, you have Marley Starlipper, who ran 437 in high school, but, you know, freshman. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's the the the, the sea is the sea is parted here for Stanford in the women's mile. This is an incredible opportunity. It could be a Stanford Arkansas dual meet. Last year it was pretty weak too because we were talking about Jones in there and then being able to double potentially and give Nia Aikens a run in the 800. But remember, Danny Jones was so far ahead of everybody else on the performance list in that in that mile because Orton wasn't going to run the mile at NCAAs. So it already wasn't that deep. And then you're right. A lot of people not having indoors just made it that much more easy for Stanford to have their way. And this is something to watch. This is something to watch because you definitely, you have them capitalizing and, and scoring a ton of points there. You also have some of them in the, the 3000. I saw you have Ella Donahue winning the 3000 and then Lawson getting fifth in the 3000. But that's it for their points, correct? You don't have anything in the field? Uh, I don't think so. They might have someone, but I think that's it. Yeah, I'm not seeing anybody else on the list of your projections. So basically, you think that they can podium in two events, which would be quite an achievement. Or three, because they're going to have a good DMR because you have that many people in the mid-distance it makes sense that you'd, you'd have a pretty dang yeah, DMR. They're going to be like the NAU of the, of the, of the women with like having just like a bunch of three K five K and milers, you know? Yeah. Except you don't have anybody in the five K you just have three K in the mile and the DMR. That's it. Like yeah. not, nobody and in like, the yeah, nobody in the, the, the women's mile think, this year is just not that good. And 
Stanford is good, so therefore they can show up and it'll be like them running at a D3 meet and just like smoking everyone and sweeping. I mean... I wonder if they try to spread again, out, though. Because the 800, yeah, the the 800 a- after a thing Mo is, is pretty open too, correct? Yeah. I mean, after a thing Mo, the, so the next best 800-meter uh, runner in the country is a 204 800-meter runner. Lori Barton of Clemson. Yeah. Like it goes two hundred one a thing mo, and then like six two hundred four girls, or women. yeah. Sorry. Well, and it's 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 gonna uh, obviously get a lot faster, but maybe they do some of that. Maybe they yeah. do some of that. Maybe they spread some people out. But I do like. I wonder if Stanford has poured over these numbers and they're like, wait a minute, maybe we just pound the mile. Maybe we just flood the mile and then see what happens. I mean, it'd be kind of cool, uh, no? Get some good. I don't. Yeah, what's the most? Uh, we need to reach out to our friends at the the coaches association. What's the most points by scored by one team in one event at the NCAA championships? Well, I know Oregon seen- men did pretty good in the mile, or they did did in three k. They didn't Oregon men go one yeah. two three in three k one time, and then like one two three eight or something like that. I definitely, I, I definitely remember some. I definitely remember some one, two, threes off the top of my head, but then adding, having, having five scores in an event, that's uh, pretty, that's rare. That's rare if it happened before. But so you have Texas A&M as a number one team. Can you kind of run through where those points are coming from? Sure. I was just thinking, wouldn't it be funny for those watching the video? You, you, you Kevin, you appreciate this. If they did go one, two, three, four, five. The first thing is you gotta get that Greg Popovich meme of him counting to five on his fingers, you know, at the championship. Oh, yeah, 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 One, yeah. two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we need to say. <laughs> uh anyway. Uh what were we checking out? Texas Sorry, AM. You have them as the number one. Yeah. You have Texas AM as the number one women's team. Can you give me a breakdown of where you think their points are gonna come from? Yeah, so obviously a thing, Mo. Uh she's the best eight hundred meter runner right now. And then they have uh I forget how to say What's her name again? Sorry. Uh, Tyra Giddens. So Tyra Giddens, she is a really good uh, heptathlete. So she'll be there involved in the high jump, in the long jump, and the pentathlon. So I think Mm -hmm. she's going to be one of those women tripling. It's going to be easier to triple now because the pentathlon Mm -hmm. is all the first day. So she can get it out of the way and then focus on her high jump and long jump later on. Um, they also have this other uh, long jumper, Deborah Aqua. So mm-hmm. basically, the combination of and they have a good um, what's a uh, triple jumper, I think as well. No, who's Deborah Aqua no, in triple it? jump too? Yeah, triple jump. But there's one other woman they have that is good. Can't find it. It's, it's like cinema. No, maybe she's graduate. But anyway, basically, they're going to get all their points from Mo in the eight. And then they have these two really good jumpers, one who happens mm-hmm. to be a heptathlete. And they can kind of finish in the top three in all their events, which then adds up to over 40 points. Okay. It's just that's what, one some... thing I hate, though. That's why, sorry, that's one thing I hate about this meet is that you can win it with like less than five people. Right. And it's just like, how's that a track team that five, mm, five uh, people are, 
winning a national t- team title. It just doesn't make any sense. You're going to get in like, trouble. You're going to get in trouble. And Lincoln all, said the same no, thing at a press conference, and he got yelled at. Careful. You're going to get in trouble. Well, whatever. Lincoln's not here anymore. So, uh, but like, No, I agree with him. Also, I agree with him. I hate it too because what they do is one of they always at least have a relay, right? And when you have a relay, you're able to disguise the fact that you really only have like four people, <laughs> right? So you, you have the relay who brings two alternates, and then all of a sudden you see like 12 people on the podium. You're like, oh, okay, it's a full team. You're like, yeah, well, half of them didn't even run, you know, and yeah. 75% of them didn't even score, and it was really only their yeah. top three people who actually had anything to do with the team score. Um, it just – whereas like in a conference championship meet, it's a team effort yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're scoring over 100 points or 80, 90 points – and it's actually like your random like shot put thrower who who's a fifth year mm-hmm. senior just had an incredible day and scored one point for you actually mattered. And it's not just a bunch of you know Grant Holloways, you know. So yeah, it's a problem with this. This meet would be a lot more entertaining, in my opinion. I mean, people don't want to say this, but it'll be. A lot, I mean, Power Five people would love it, but it'll be a lot more entertaining if they just picked 10 teams and they all got to bring, they all got to enter three people per event or whatever, or two people per event, or they have a, a roster limit of 35 athletes and then you can put whatever, put them wherever you want. And it would be more exciting. It would be, the scores would be higher. Every event would matter. And, you know, all right, we can revamp the meat meat later. We've already revamped the meat a couple of times on the show. Let's, let's, let's stick with the meat as it actually is. Um, Okay. Sorry. Who's some teams that, that are outside the five that could move up? Because I could, I think you could see a scenario where USC does that. You have them at six with with twenty six points, but you have Tanisha Terry third in the sixty. She obviously could outperform that. You don't have them getting any points in the two hundred. I think they could get somebody there. You have Mecca McLassen fourth in the hurdles. You have Bailey Lear winning the quarter, uh, and Kalen Roberts finishing fourth obviously they're gonna have a good four by four so that's gonna help their their team chances as well are there other sleepers out there yeah uh usc is gonna be good um texas women i have them at 21 points i think they're gonna have a good four by four uh they're gonna move up i think also washington is a kind of a sleeper but we'll wait and see because they have some sneakily some good distance runners uh, they all ran unattached at the track meet. Like Haley Herberg ran well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Washington sneakily, but it's going to be USC and Texas who will find their ways to move up the ladder once they start uh, getting into gear of running more. And again, they are going to have good four by four. So that's going to help them uh, as well. And it looks like LSU has a pretty balanced, a lot of events here represented. You have them finishing second, but. You have second in the pole vault, seventh in the high jump, first in the high jump. You have them, they have an 800 meter runner, a 400 meter runner, 200, 60 hurdles. Like they have a lot of different options here to, to score points. Yeah. So LSU is the one who has the most bullets. AM has like three bazooka gun, three, three cannonballs, right? Stanford just has a machine gun in one event, and it's just gonna mm-hmm. let the you know, kill, run, what? pull the whole clip out. Whatever. The first? Yeah, a lot of metaphors. Georgia is just gonna be like doing their own thing by doing all the the jumping and like mm-hmm. the heptathloning, you know. 
but yeah, I think right now A&M, LSU, and Stanford are the ones who are in the driver's seat with Arkansas, USC, and Texas being like, just wait. They, they have like that just wait mantra. We're going to come mm-hmm. and get you. That's what okay. Okay. Anything else that you want to bring up with the first edition of the rankings? Again, they don't include the relays. So don't tweet Gordon and say, what about the relays? Yeah. I probably am going to add the relays when we put it on the site. So then we have something. Uh, well, it's going to be like, I don't know what teams are going to do, right? I mean, we know what the – what. 80% of the fields this- are going to do. They're going to try to make the meet, but we don't know the distance stuff, and that can change things drastically. I mean, we have two teams, NAU and Stanford, both in their podium position because of distance, and yeah. that can be flipped on its end. Well, I think Stanford's going to go all in on indoors. I think that's pretty clear based on why this. they're going to work. Why? Because they could win it. I think that's but, why. And they're 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 stronger in the middle distance. I think I think they're really strong in the middle distances. I mean, I think they're going to run a DMR. I think you're going to get a fast DMR team. They're probably going to have the number one DMR in the country, and then they're going to load up on points in the in the mile, the three k, the DMR, and they're going to try to win the whole thing. I think they'll win. They're going to win. When I say all all in was the wrong phrase, because I think they're going to run cross country still too. But I think they're going to try to do well at both. I don't think they're going to hold anybody back. I think Arkansas, because they're hosting it and because of the philosophy of the program for the women, I think they're going to put their best people um, focus first on indoors primarily. The Arkansas men, that's a surprise to me because you talked about them having a hard choice. But if they're not even in the in the podium picture, then, okay, you could see them holding people back and trying to make a run for a cross country instead. NAU, I don't know. I'll leave that one to you but it makes sense if you have individual people who could win ncaa titles you kind of have to let them go for it because that's not an opportunity that go comes around every now and then yeah my main thing is i don't even know it's like stanford a lot of practice yeah they could practice their football well, team was wasn't that thing right? what didn't no, they have to like leave leave the city in order to practice because of covid restrictions or is that we lifted from December. Well, their football team is playing. I think they'll. I think they'll. I think they're able to run. I mean, have they haven't competed yet, though? Correct. I mean, Oregon. No. Oregon just Oregon just released their whole schedule, indoors and cross country yeah. schedule, and they ha- they have every other week where it's like indoor one week, cross country, and then there's one weekend where it overlaps. But Oregon's gonna. Oregon's fine to go. I think Stanford's going to fine to go. Um, I mean, Stanford's entered in meets that we know about, correct? Both indoor meets and cross country meets. So I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a full go. Um, yeah. Who has a better chance to win both, NAU men or Stanford women? Both cross country and indoors. So NAU has a better shot at winning cross than Stanford does. But Stanford has a better shot at winning indoor than NAU does. So it's a tie. And I just feel like I want them both to try. That's the thing. I'm like – because like here's it. This will never happen again where 
cross country and indoors are the same weekend. Mm -hmm. So like if you, if Stanford and NU try and crash and burn and finish eighth and indoors and then finish fifth in cross country. Yeah. Are people going to remember that they finished fifth and eighth? No, they're going to like, it's just, but would they remember like, it's like, no one's going to like care. I feel, but like, it's it's a season where everyone gets eligibility back. So who cares? But if they pull it off, that will go down in history, you know, like, but if they pull it off, I think the reward is is so much bigger than the risk. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I think Stanford has a good shot in cross country though, with all these experienced pieces. We talked when we thought the season was going to happen in the fall, it was New Mexico. Well, obviously they're not in it anymore with Kaladi gone. And we talked about NC state, but NC state's relying on a lot of freshmen. So with a core of Donahue and Lawson up front with uh, good pieces like the Haymack and Oaks who have a ton of experience, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good. I think they could definitely take cross country. I'm kind of less optimistic about a distance team winning outdoors because or indoors because every season you tell me that it's going to happen. And then every season, something comes up and hey. it doesn't happen. It's your get dream. Podium. They get podium. Hey, Wisconsin finished on the podium. That was something. That's great. That's great. But I know. And congrats to them. But when you're talking about it only takes 30 whatever points to podium, it's not it's not as big of a deal as, as you make it out to be. In any event, I want to see it happen just so you're happy. Just like I want to see Chez get the Bowerman. Like I want to see them redo the revote on Bowerman just to make it, uh, just to make you happy. But I think Stanford could. I think Stanford has a better chance in cross than they do in indoors. I don't know if they have a better chance in cross than NAU does in cross, but I think Stanford has a better chance in cross than they do in in the indoor championship because they obviously have more control. But we shall see. This is fun. I did not know that mile thing. Like that that took me took me aback. I mean, it might change if there's like four or five women out there who are on pace to have their breakout mile season. But right now, mm-hmm. based off of resume, they they have five of the best eight milers in the country. So yeah, somebody will come up though, right? Somebody pop up, yeah. Yeah. and maybe they'll have All five right. of the best five. So who's see? Yeah, yeah. I I guess it could go the other way, and they could have people we don't know about too. So they have. Even more people in the in the top eight. They certainly recruit well. Okay. We'll leave it there, Gordon. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. People want to write in with their thoughts on the rankings. Friday, our next show, we will we'll preview what's happen this weekend. And we'll recap, recap the Boston what? Sixers basketball game that goes down Wednesday night. Okay. We could talk about that as well, too. And we could preview the indoor meets that are going to happen this weekend. I'm sure you got your running list. Do you have Do you have the list already? No, man, no, no. Okay, I don't got that list. But there, there's People meets, right? Our, there are meets. There's Same, meets. Okay, good. Things are normal now for the Power Five schools. At least they get meets, and they're going to be able to run fast. And it's going to be good meets every weekend. There's going to be no like off weekend. I feel like it's going to be a steady consistency of good meets. So cool. All right. Well, we'll we'll preview it all 
on Friday. Thanks, everybody, for listening and downloading. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll talk to you guys next time.